0: Matthew chapter 15 this morning. Matthew chapter 15 and we're going to be looking at verse 21 to 28. Matthew chapter 15 verse 21 to 28. Verse 21, it says, leaving that place, Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon. A Canaanite woman from that vicinity came to him crying out, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is suffering terribly from demon possession. Jesus did not answer a word. But even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered, woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. Please keep your Bibles open there. I read a newspaper article some time back that said that Barbara Broccoli, who's the producer of the James Bond films, uh, now wants to make female spy thrillers instead uh, with a James Bond type character who's a lady. Apparently there's an appetite uh, in her mind out there for, uh, uh, for lady super uh, 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 thrillers like that and uh, that ladies are looking for role models uh, in this capacity. Well, certainly that sounds good, and I'm sure it'll be very exciting like James Bond is if she's making it. But if you're looking for real role models that are amazing, you can't go better than this lady here. Because in this passage we're looking at today, talking about the Syrophoenician woman, as she's known, we see a lady who the Lord Jesus Christ himself calls a woman of great faith down in verse 28 and you know that's no small thing the lord jesus christ spoke of great faith only twice and the other time was another gentile man a man uh, a a roman centurion in chapter 8 and verse 10 it's interesting, you can see the parallels between the two, both were Gentiles, both had sick loved ones uh, and both were le- healed at a distance as a, as a parallel there. But it's amazingly uh, a great miracle that Mark uh, Matthew records here and is especially encouraging to us uh, in the matter of faith. You know, the, the leadership leadership guru, you know what I mean by that phrase, John Maxwell, he said this. He said, I have noticed the size of the person is more important than the size of the problem. That's quite a quote, isn't it? And uh, I think it's true, especially spiritually. And this woman here was a spiritual giant. Uh, She was a woman of great faith. And it's all the more amazing when we consider the fact that she wasn't Jewish, she was a Gentile. Because by this time the Lord Jesus has gone to the furthest part north that he's ever gone to the region of Tyre and Sidon as we read in verse 22. Now, I haven't got any maps on the on the board for you today, I'm afraid, uh, but if you were to look in the map in the back of your Bible, you'd see Tyre and Sidon is far up north, up what we call Lebanon today, and it is uh, uh, further up than Nazareth and Galilee and all the places the Lord Jesus had been previously and although once it was a part of the Israelites territory it was part of the tribe of Asher up in that part later it came back again under Gentile dominion and it's the only time that we know of where the Lord Jesus left the recognized borders of Israel at that time to go outside and maybe it was a little hint the Lord Jesus was giving to his disciples that you're going to (laughs) go outside the borders too and Peter you're going to have to get used to this idea of going to the Gentiles Uh, I'm going to be sending you on missions like this too. And the Lord Jesus went all the way up north, I believe, to meet this woman and deal with her situation. And it's even more amazing when we, we realize that he was not only out of the normal territory in, in her place, but the fact that he went to a woman who was a Canaanite, as we read in verse 22. Now, who were the Canaanites? The Canaanites were the original dwellers in the land of uh, of. of Israel uh, and when it was called Canaan, before the children of Israel conquered the land in the days of Joshua, and they were uh, the ancient enemies of the children of Israel. Uh, she was a Syro Phoenician because she was Syro, which means that she was under the area that had been conquered by the, uh, the Syrian Greek. Leaders like Antiochus Epiphanes, and that's why in some places she's also called a Greek. And she was a Phoenician because she was from Tyre and Sidon, but her heritage was Canaanite, went all the way back. And this is amazing that the Lord Jesus should care for a lady like this. At least to Matthew's readers first time round, this would have been a stunning fact that he went to a Canaanite woman. Of course, he actually had Simon the Canaanite in his uh, disciples, his apostolic band. Uh, And he was showing that he was reaching out to Jew and Gentile alike. But I want us to have a look and see this morning about this woman's great faith because I think she is a great example to us. Uh, Even though she had all these things seemingly against her, she was a great example to us of true faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, it, it makes no difference that she was a woman or a Gentile. You know, I I saw this uh, article about the Ghanaian footballer uh, who's called Jeffrey Sarpong. He's one of the international footballers, and he's a born-again Christian. And he became a Christian through his mother and his sister. He says, uh, I started to follow Jesus through my mother. She and my sister are both Christians. And that reminded me a little bit of Timothy in the Bible, who was led to faith by his mother, Eunice, and, uh, and his grandmother, Lois. And, you know, that is a, was an example of their faith being an example to him. Well, this man's faith came uh, through hearing and seeing the testimony of his mother and sister. And here I hope and pray this woman's testimony and faith will be an example and an encouragement to us as well. She was a woman of great faith and we see that in four things. We see it in her recognition in verse 22, her request in verse 22, her repetition when she was going in prayer in verse 23 to 28 and her reliance at the end in verse 28 upon the word of Jesus. So let's have a look at these things one by one. First of all, we see her recognition in verse 22. Let's read that verse again. It says, a Canaanite woman... From the vicinity came to him crying out, Lord, Son of David, have mercy upon me. And the recognition we see here is her understanding and recognition of who the Lord Jesus Christ is. And for somebody who wasn't Jewish, somebody who was a, a, a Gentile outside of the land, this is an amazing thing. Actually, it would have been amazing if it was a Jewish person <laughs> saying it, because as John says in John's gospel, John eleven, he came to his own, but his own received him not. There weren't many people who acknowledged the Lord Jesus in this capacity, but she did. And she got it absolutely bang on right when she called him Lord, Son of David. Let's think about those titles for a moment. Lord, that's a statement of divinity. Kurios in Greek is the word that is used for God. She recognized him as Lord, divine, the divine Son of God. That's an amazing thing. And she also recognized him to be the Messiah of the Jews, which is what the phrase the son of David means. God gave David in the Old Testament a promise that his son, God's son, would sit on his throne and he would come from David's bloodline. And uh, the family tree of Jesus in Matthew chapter 1 is the family tree of Abraham to David and then David through to the Lord Jesus Christ, showing us that Jesus is the son of David. Now, they hadn't printed that and passed that round, all these people. She had seen and heard and she had grasped who he was. And so she called out to him these amazing titles, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. She saw his divinity. She saw him as Messiah. And of course, the Messiah being a human is his humanity. What a theology she had just in those titles. It's the very name, Lord jesus christ uh, if you want to put it another way lord again god jesus uh, means savior that's his name and christ means the messiah the son of david and she called him that and recognized that and you know that's a wonderful example to us uh, of uh, of faith in who jesus is because we live in a world today that doesn't have faith in who the lord jesus christ is The people of the world today think Jesus was just a a clever teacher or a a, a religious leader or something uh, of that nature. They don't see him as God and man. The devil has uh, done identity theft, if you like, on the Lord Jesus Christ. And he even tried it on the Lord Jesus Christ. If you remember the temptations in the wilderness, he said to him, if you are the son of God. Do this and do that. What audacity <laughs> to say to Jesus, if you are. And uh, I, that gives the clue away as to who was behind the men who cried out to Jesus. If you're the son of God, come down off the cross. It was the devil behind that too. He was trying to uh, commit identity theft on the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. But it hadn't worked on this woman. She believed who he was i wonder if you do i wonder if you do the lord jesus said to his disciples who do men say that i am and then he said who do you say i am you know when we were away on holiday uh we one of the films we watched was the uh, the great superman film called man of steel if you've never seen it that's my favorite superman film it's a, a really good one and, uh, and a lot of people don't know this but superman is based loosely on jesus christ he was 33 years old he came down from heaven as it were came from krypton uh, because he was sent by his father to rescue the people on earth and uh, in the film there's a a, a a scene where superman is sat in a church and you have a stained glass window of jesus behind him and it freezes on that for a while to let you think You know, there's a connection here. It's, you know, I I wouldn't push it, and uh, uh, I wouldn't say it's it's the best example of of a parallel with the Lord Jesus Christ. I think Aslan in Narnia does a lot better in many respects. But one bit I loved in the film was this: when Superman and Lois Lane are in the middle of the uh, of all the battles, Superman turns to Lois Lane, the reporter from the, uh, the 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 Globe newspaper. And he says to her, thank you for believing in me. And she turns around and says to him, well, it didn't do much good, I'm afraid. And his reply went straight to my heart. He said, no, but it meant something to me. And you know what, I thought, you know, that's like us today in this world, isn't it? You know, we may think, we're, we're testifying, we believe who the Lord Jesus Christ is, uh, uh, and, and the world doesn't seem to want to know. And you may think, well, what's the point? It means something to him. Do you believe who he is? It means something to him. And this lady calling him Lord, Son of David, it went through to his heart. And uh, it was evidence of her faith. Let's make sure we have faith That recognizes the Lord Jesus like that. Second thing I want you to see is the faith of this lady is seen in her request. Because in verse 22 again she goes on and she says, Lord son of David have mercy on me. My daughter is suffering terribly from demon possession." Now, this lady had a terrible, terrible problem that I hope never comes to you or me in our families like it did to her. Her daughter... Was demon possessed. Now, how this came about, we don't know. Whether or not she had dabbled in the occult, whether or not she had uh, 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 opened herself up in some way to the devil through uh, the ancient pagan religions that were operating in that way, we don't know. This is how it can happen. There's nearly always an opening when the devil comes in. By the way, that's why you should never do a Ouija board. Uh, tell the children this uh, you should never, You know the word Ouija is made up of two words we which is French for yes and ja which is German for yes and you're saying yes yes to the devil when you play it it's an open door that's why I never mess around with that or horoscopes or anything else like it, you're inviting trouble in well somehow the devil had got into this life and she had demon possession and we know from other accounts in the new testament what demon possession looked like read mark chapter 9 about the uh, the boy who was uh, brought to jesus when he came down the mount of transfiguration and the father said you know he throws himself in the fire and he throws himself in the water trying to burn him or kill him and drown him demons are merciless And this poor lady, she must have been distraught at the terrible situation with her daughter. And there's no medicine that can cure demon possession. There's no medicine. They used to try chaining up the legion, the man called Legion, but he kept breaking the chains. And uh, there's no cure that man can give for this. But she believed in the Lord Jesus Christ and she believed in his superior power to come and deliver her daughter. So when she heard he had come into this region, she approached him with this huge, sizable miracle that she was asking for. I wonder whether or not she was inspired by the story of Elijah. Do you remember Elijah when he went to Sidon? the same place and he stayed with the lady of the widow of Zarephath at Sidon and he healed raised her son back to life she might have remembered that story and thought of the power of God well here's the Lord himself he has the power and he's come to my region maybe he'll heal my daughter just like Elijah did back then I don't know, but she had faith in his power. She didn't see this situation like many people in our world do today, that the devil and God are equal and opposite forces fighting for dominion in this world. You know, sometimes you see the yin and yang symbol, uh, like a, uh, a black and white circle with an S across and one half's black and one half's white. And that's an ancient, uh, it's an Eastern symbol, meaning yin and yang, and it's the forces of darkness and the forces of good, and they're equally matched, balancing each other out uh, in the universe. She didn't see it like that. She saw the Lord Jesus Christ as being infinitely more powerful than the devil. And she had great faith in his power to heal her daughter. And I want to say, dear friends, this is great faith and the type of faith that pleases the Lord Jesus Christ. When we come to him with our great prayer requests... There's a story that's told about Alexander the Great that on one occasion uh, a man came to see him. And you know kings and rulers often have people coming and making requests. Can you sort this out? Can you help me with this? Please can you show mercy here? And this man came to Alexander the Great and he knelt before him and he, he asked Alexander the Great for some huge massive gift. And one of his soldiers next to him said, Sir, he asks too much. Shall I drive him away? And Alexander smiled and said, No, he does me proud. He believes in my willingness to give. And that's like us coming to the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, thou art coming to a king. Great petitions with thee bring. His power and grace are such you cannot ask too much. We need to have faith like this lady did. That the Lord Jesus is able to cope with the biggest, greatest demands that there are to be met. Even defeating the devil himself. We sang earlier on, our Lord God. Thou has made the heavens and the earth by thy great power. Nothing is too difficult for you. Taken from Jeremiah 32. Do we really believe that? Nothing is too difficult for you. Then let us be people of prayer who come to the Lord Jesus and ask him for it. And if we've never come to the Lord for salvation, then let us come in faith, believing he can save. You know, a lot of people have a, uh, a very weak view of the power of God when it comes to salvation. And uh, they want to put their trust a little bit here and a little bit there. I read about Piers Brosnan, the man who played James Bond. That's again, James Bond again, coming up. Uh, but uh, he, when his baby was born, he uh, had him christened, had him dedicated at a Buddhist temple, went through Hindu rites, went through every little bit of everything. And they said, why? He said, well, you've got to hedge your bets which one's going to be right. Listen, you don't have to do that with the Lord Jesus Christ. He has the power. Come to him alone. Throw yourself on him for mercy. He can save and save to the uttermost. Put your trust in him. The third thing we see is her faith in her repetition. And this is the driving force of this story in verses 20 through to to 28. Because here we see her perseverance in prayer when all seemed to be against her let's go through these verses in verse 23 Jesus did not answer a word so his disciples came to him and urged him send her away for she keeps crying out after us now when the lady came and asked Jesus didn't make any response it was silence I wonder if you've ever had that experience in prayer you've prayed and you've prayed for something and it seems like the heavens are silent if you're a real Christian you will have done because this is what often happens when it comes to prayer and sometimes you even face the difficulty of the Lord's own people and they don't say words of encouragement sometimes they say things that are discouraging And the disciples answer to many of the problems, like it was with the feeding of the 5,000. Lord, send them away. We haven't got enough food. He said, no, you feed them. (laughs) And uh, here they say the same thing. Lord, send her away. She's causing problems, shouting out, calling out after us uh, all this time. And Jesus then answers, he answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. So first of all he's silent then he gives a theological reason why it can't be so because he said I've come for the Jewish people. And this was true. The order in the Bible is always Israel first, then the Gentiles. Paul said this in the book of Romans, that the gospel is for the Jew first, then for the Gentile. That's why whenever the apostles went to different towns, they would preach in the synagogue first before going to the marketplace or anywhere else. And the Lord Jesus had told his disciples, don't go to the Gentiles yet. I've come for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And my mission, first of all, is for the Jewish people. But the woman wasn't put off by that. In verse 25, the woman came and knelt before him. She's really getting earnest in prayer. And that she said, Lord, help me, she said. She cried out three beautiful words. Lord help me. The same words Peter cried out. When he was sinking in chapter 14. When he was sinking walking on the water. uh, After walking on the water. And he started to go under. And she cried out persistently. And the Lord replied again. He replied it is not right. To take the children's bread. And toss it to their dogs. Now this uh, is a, a little statement that needs a little bit of explaining who are the children the children here are the children of israel and the dogs was a name for the gentiles that's how the jewish people called the gentiles and he said just like when you're uh, at the family and you have a little pet dog uh, uh, in the room you don't take the bread and the food that has been made for the children and give it to the pets you give it to the children it's food for the children and by the way just a side issue in that Jesus is also teaching us by here that people matter more than animals. That's a lesson that needs to be said and underlined in this day and age. All right? It's not right to take the children's bread and toss it to their dogs. But she latches on to his words and with persistent faith she says in verse 27, Yes Lord, she said, But even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. She said, you know what it's like? You give the bread to the children, but sometimes crumbs fall on the floor. And the dog comes, the pet dog comes and hoovers it up. She said, that's all I want. All I want is a crumb. You to drop a crumb from your table and that'll be enough. And when the Lord Jesus heard her say that, it said in verse 28, then Jesus answered, woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted. You see, she persevered in prayer. Now, why was the Lord Jesus sending all the signals, no, 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 all the way? Well, I want to be clear. He was not denying her request. He was developing her faith. He never at one time said no. He was quiet. Then he gave a theological reason. Then he uh, elaborated on it. And then she persevered through. And never once did he say no. He was developing her faith, drawing it out as an example to those disciples there. That when you persist in prayer, when you're in the will of God and you persist in prayer, what you ask for will be given. And this is a, uh, why her illustration was of such great faith. I think she reminds me in some ways of Mary, the Lord's mother. Remember the wedding of Cana in Galilee in, uh, in John chapter 2 when she tells him they've run out of wine. And he turns around and says to her, woman, why do you trouble me? You know, this is my hour has not yet come. This is not my issue. And uh, the NIV tries to soften that down a little bit by putting deer at the front, "dear woman. Cross that out. That's not in the Greek. It says, Woman. Blunt. Why do you say this? My hour has not yet come. And she turns around and says to the servants, Do whatever he tells you. (laughs) And the Lord loves the faith and he responds. And you know what, dear friends? This is the type of faith you and I need to have as well. Sometimes it seems the heavens are closed and we're prying things out of God's hand rather than praying. But it's not like that. The Lord is actually developing our faith and building perseverance and persistence as we keep on praying. And uh, this is one of the great lessons we need to learn if we're going to live the Christian life. It's not all name it and claim it like you hear the false teachers say. It's not just a quick prayer and it's immediately done. Very often we have to labor in prayer and seek God for his answers i came across a story in a book by francis dixon some of you may remember francis dixon the great preacher down in in uh, bournemouth at uh, lansdowne and he wrote some wonderful books uh, back in i think it must be in the 1950s and 60s and in one book he wrote called great and mighty things he said this i once heard a preacher tell of his mother's prayer list when she died they discovered a sheet of paper in her Bible on on which were written 40 names of members of the family and friends who were not Christians. At the bottom of the sheet, she had written, I am leaving this record in my Bible with these names so that after I have gone to heaven, my children will know that God hears and answers prayer. At the time of her death, Her children went through that list and discovered that already 30 out of the 40 people mentioned had been converted. The preacher then told us that within the few years following his mother's death, most of the others had come to know the Lord as their saviour. Thus nearly 40 people had been brought to Christ through one woman's prayers. This had had a profound effect on the ministry of her preacher's son. And he told us that he had been brought to realize afresh the power of prevailing prayer as he had seen it demonstrated in the life of his mother. I hope that encourages you as it does me. As we see this lady's repetition, she didn't give up, she persevered. Let's keep praying for the things that matter most. And then finally we see her faith here, her great faith in her reliance. Because at the end we're told this, uh, Jesus had said to her in verse 28, Woman, you have great faith, your request is granted. And her daughter was healed that very hour. Now I find this absolutely an amazing end to the story. And most of us just read that and, oh, yeah, da, 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 and move on. But there's actually something phenomenal here. Notice, Jesus didn't even say, okay, I command now the demon to leave your daughter. He never did that. He just said, your request has been granted. He did it by thought. Even while he was talking to her, it's gone. He just thought, that's how powerful the Lord Jesus is. You know, he doesn't need any of the other things that we tend to think he needed. And this woman took his word, And went home, believing that it was so. This is her final act of faith. Even after she had been told she had been given it, she went home, believing, resting on the word of God. Now, you want to know how great that is? In John chapter 4, there is a whole episode where Jesus heals a noble man's faith. A, a nobleman's son and the nobleman goes to Jesus a long way away and he says come and heal my son and Jesus says you people won't believe unless you see signs and miracles you think I've got to be there I've got to touch I've got to speak a word or something he said go home your son will be healed and the man got home we read reading John 4 and it was at the hour Jesus spoken those words his son had been healed there's a whole episode in John's gospel on that But here, this woman had it in just one line. (laughs) She trusted the word of Jesus and she went home and her daughter was healed from that very hour. What reliance upon the word of God. That is as phenomenal as everything else we've seen in her faith. And you know what, dear friends, this is a great example for you and me too. Because in Christianity, we have to rely on the word of God For things we cannot see. We have to rely on things we cannot see. Uh, Ron Dunn, who wrote that book, Don't Just Stand (coughs) There, Pray Something. He has a little phrase in that book. He said, in the world, what you see is what you get. He says, in Christianity, it's what you don't see is what you get. What do you not see? You don't see Jesus at the right hand in heaven of God. But he's there and we believe it. We don't see heaven. We haven't seen heaven, but we believe it. I've never seen my sins washed away or my his righteousness put on my account, but I believe it. I never saw the creation of the world, but like we were teaching the children, by faith we believe that God created the world out of nothing. We weren't there, but we believe it. And in Christianity, we are called to believe on things. I I've never seen the Holy Spirit, but I believe. He comes into me when I put my trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. This is what we have in Christianity. It is an invisible faith. Immortal, invisible, God only wise. This is what we've been singing. Another hymn puts it like this. Tell me the old, old story of unseen things above. This is the Christian faith we follow. And we have to rely on the word of God for it. And I want to tell you, one day... We will get home like this woman got home and find it was so. Her daughter had been healed from that very hour. If we trust in the word of the Lord Jesus, one day we'll get home and we'll find it's so. So rely on the word of God. Paul said to the people in the ship in Acts 27, I believe it will be just as it was spoken to me. And that's how you and I must be too. That God will do these great things. So I hope this lady's great faith inspires you. What a what a hero of, of of belief she is, and may she inspire many men and women in this church to put their trust in Him. And if you've never yet done so, to do so this morning. Let's sing.